Praise God, praise God. Welcome, Clem School of Ministry. You're joining us live on Facebook. That's right, Facebook. We give God glory, honor, and praise for what he's doing in the ministry and for what he has already done. Tonight, we will continue our teaching on a hardened heart, and I know that this teaching will transform your life on tonight. But before we go into the teaching, let's go into prayer. Father God, we thank you, we praise you, we adore you, we magnify your name on tonight. We thank you for being who you are. We thank you for doing, God, what you have already done for us. We thank you for the blood of Jesus, which covers us right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, which is our teacher on tonight, which is our comforter. The Holy Spirit is the one that leads us and guides us into all truth. So we receive truth on tonight. We thank you, Father God. We thank you that we have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us on tonight. And Father, as I open my mouth to teach your people, I thank you, God, that their hearts are open and receptive to receive what you have to say unto them tonight. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. To God be the glory. Tonight, I want to continue teaching on a hardened heart. And I want to go over a little bit to um, refresh us um, based on what we have been going over. We have been talking about the hardened heart. And the reason why we've been talking about a hardened heart, because sometimes our hearts can be hardened. It can be callous. It can be insensitive towards God. And guess what? We don't know it. And this is why God have people to teach us according to the word so we'll know where our hearts are. And like I said, if your heart is hard and callous, sometimes you won't know until it is made known unto you. Again, a hardened heart is where your heart is insensitive, it's more sensitive to the things of the world than it's sensitive to the things of God. We went over in scripture in Mark, the sixth chapter, I believe it was six, uh, the sixth chapter, verse 52, where it said they considered not. And the reason why they didn't consider in that chapter, it was a lot of things that was going on. It was the miracles of the um, feeding the 5,000. And then he went on on how he walked, um, you know, on the sea and how he calmed the sea. We see everything that he done. And it said they were so amazed. They were amazed at what he done. When we as Christians are amazed as born again, saints, set apart ones, when we become more amazed at what God is doing, that tells us that our heart is insensitive towards God because we're looking more at the natural, then we are the supernatural. So it said they considered not because their hearts were hardened. They didn't consider the, the miracle of the loaves because their hearts were hardened. But tonight I'm going to go over a little bit more about consider. When we consider, it's because we're pondering over a thing. Um, let me give you the definition to set or join together in the mind. So when you consider something, you are setting it up in your mind. You're joining things together in your mind to take account of, to ponder, to study, to examine, to deliberate upon, to meditate. That's a lot with considering. So anything that you consider, 
you begin to think about, you begin to meditate on, you begin to ponder, you begin to set, set it up in your mind, joining things together. That's what consider is. That's what the disciples was doing. The disciples were followers of Jesus Christ. They were learners of Jesus Christ. But even though we too supposed to be followers, we're supposed to be disciples of Jesus Christ, but at times we can pay more attention to what the world is doing than what the word of God is telling us what we need to be doing. That's what they did. They didn't consider the miracle. They didn't consider that. They saw another miracle. They were amazed with, with what Jesus had done, you know, dealing with common, the raging sea. They were amazed. Why should, they, why should have they been amazed when he just done the miracle with the loaves? Sometimes that's what we do. God may um, do something for, for us in one area, and we're giving God glory for that area because we know it was a miracle. But then when something else pop up in our lives, we forget what God has already done for us before. That is because our hearts become insensitive to the things of God and more sensitive to the ways of the world. So we went over consider, and um, I went over Genesis 3, 6, and that's talking about Adam and Eve, and that's talking about how Satan came in and he began to talk about that tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now Eve knew that she should not eat from that tree and her mind was not on that tree. But as soon as the enemy began to talk to her concerning what God had said, he said, did God really say that you shall not eat from that tree? He was putting her mind on something that she knew that she could not have. That's what the enemy does. That's his tactic. He wants us to consider what's going on with us. He don't want us to consider what the Word of God is saying. He does not want us to meditate on what the Word of God is saying. That's in a lot of areas of our lives. Whatever you consider is what you're going to think about. Whatever you think about in your heart is what you become. And that's what the enemy knows. If he can get you to think opposite to God's Word, guess what? He got you. Even though you're born again, I don't care how long you've been saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, with that burning fire. If he can get your mind set on things of this earth instead of your mind being set on things above, that means he's getting you to consider more of things in the world than things for the kingdom of God. So we went over that, dealing with Genesis 3, verse 6. We went over Mark 4:24 when it says, Amplified, Mark 4, 24, and he said to them, be careful what you're hearing. Remember when Satan began to talk to Eve? Remember faith come by hearing, hearing come by the word of God? So when Satan began to talk to Eve, she was hearing what she, he was saying. She was taking in what he was saying. So by her taking that in, guess what it says? Be careful what you are hearing. The measure of the thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be measured. A virtue and knowledge that comes back to you and more will be given to you who hear. So the enemy know the more you hear things opposite to what the word of God is saying, the more thought, the more study, the more knowledge, the more understanding you're going to get from what you're hearing because you're pondering over it, you're meditating on it, 
You're studying over it. You're trying to figure out, okay, what's going on with this? What's going on with my body? Why is my body reacting this way? You never considered it. You never thought about it. You just went on your way. The only thing you thought about was, by Jesus Christ, I was already healed. Healing is the children's bread. He sent his word. He has healed me. He has delivered me from my destruction. If your mind stay on the word of God, then you're going to get results from the word of God. So the enemy got to get you to consider how you feel more than what the word of God is saying. That's in any area, not only physically, but it's financially, even with your finances, whatever you consider. Yes, it looked like you got a pile of debt, but the word of God tells you that he shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So even though I got the debt, I'm not denying the debt, but I know my needs are already supplied according to the word of God. So we got to take heed to what God is saying outside of what we're seeing physically. We are supernatural beings, not natural. So if we go on the super, guess what? It will come into the natural and they will see the kingdom of God manifest through us. So we went over that. And then 1 Corinthians 15, 3 says, 1533 says, 1 Corinthians 15:33, be not deceived, evil communication, cations corrupt good manners. That verse is telling us we have to be careful about what we're hearing and who we are around. Because if you are around a person that's speaking evil, it's going to corrupt you. It's going to put you in a place of not believing God. So we have to be careful what we hear again. I went over Hebrews eleven fifteen, and this is dealing with Abraham. The Bible says, Hebrews eleven fifteen, and truly if they had been mindful of the country from whence they came out, they might have had an opportunity to have returned. So the Bible is saying if they had been thinking about where they were, then they would would want to go back where they came from. So Abraham's focus was not on where he was. Abraham's focus was on what God was saying. His focus was so much on God, he wasn't thinking about where he, where he um, come from, where he came from. And that's what we have to do. We have to focus on things above and not on things of this earth. It also talked about in Hebrews eleven sixteen. It says, I'm reading the Passion Translation, Hebrews 11, 16. But they could not turn back, for their hearts was fixed on what was far greater, that is, the heavenly realm. So the reason why they didn't turn back, it said their hearts were fixed on what was far greater, that is, the heavenly realm. When your heart is steadfast, when your heart is fixed on the things of God, you won't turn back. You'll keep moving forward. The enemy wants us to consider what's happening here and now. Just like the pandemic, we know that's happening here and now. Anybody that denies that, something is wrong with you because it is happening in the natural. But one thing we don't focus on is the pandemic. We focus on something that's far greater, like the Word of God says. We pay attention to what God has already told us. No evil shall befall us, neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling. Why? Because God has given his angels charge over us to keep us and guard us in all of our ways. 
Some of y'all might be saying, what if it comes not my dwelling? Even if it comes not your dwelling, you have to realize I have authority over it. It does not have authority over me. We keep our mind on things above, not on things of this earth. That's what gives us the strength. That's what gives us the know-how, the knowing to do what God's word is telling us to do. We don't deny what's going on. That's the problem with the church. We try to fake it to make it. If you're blowing your nose and somebody say, oh, you're sick. No, I ain't sick, but you're blowing your nose. No, a cold is trying to come upon my body. But by Jesus Christ, I'm already healed. You're not accepting the cold, but you ain't denying that you're blowing your nose. Come on, somebody. Let's cut it out. Let's quit trying to fake it to make it when you're struggling. The struggle is over. The victory has already been won in Christ Jesus. Amen? God is a good God. So we see that their hearts were so fixed on what was greater, the heavenly realm, they didn't look back at where they were. Then we go to Romans 4, and that's talking about Abraham. We know that Abraham knew that Sarah's body was barren. He knew that Sarah was too old to have children. He knew he was too old at that age to, you know, get with Sarah. But one thing that he was assured of, he knew these things was happening in their bodies, but he was fully persuaded. He considered not. That means that it's not that he did not consider. He knew what was going on, but he did not allow that to stop him from trusting in what God was saying. He did not make that um, dealing with his body or Sarah's body stop him from thinking on what God had said. So Hebrews 11, 17 through 19 it's the same thing dealing with Abraham and Isaac. When God told Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, Abraham did not consider. He did not take it into account. The only thing he considered was, if you kill him, God, you got to raise him back up. So his mind, his heart was set on things above. It was set on the promises of God. It was not set on what was going to happen. He said, even if it does, God got to do what God says he's going to do. So when we consider, when we think about, when we ponder on things that's outside of the word of God, and we keep doing that, we become more sensitive to those things, then we become sensitive to the will and the word of God. This is why our focus has to be again on things above and not on things of this earth. The Bible tells us, set your mind on things above and not on things of this earth. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he, so does he become. And I want to ask you something. What have you heard today? What has somebody said to you? Where is your focus on what you heard today? Is your focus on the negative or is your focus on life which comes from the word of God? This is how we know where our hearts are. If our heart is more focused on what man say instead of what God is saying, then that means that we have a hardened heart. So when you begin to consider, ponder, study, meditate, when you begin to set your mind, when things begin to join together in your mind, you have a hardened heart. And this is what happens. When your heart is hardened, you will not be able to see, you would not be able to perceive, and you will not be able to understand the things of God. Let's look at a scripture on that. 1 Corinthians 
chapter 2, verse 14. I'm reading out the Passion Translation. Listen at this. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14 says, Someone living on an entirely human level rejects the revelations of God's Spirit, for they make no sense to him. He can't understand the revelations of the Spirit because they are only discovered by the illumination of the Spirit. So basically it's saying, King James, a natural man cannot receive the things of God. That's a, a natural man. That's why in the Passion Version it says someone living on an entirely human level rejects the revelations of God. That's a person that's more sensitive to the natural than they are to the supernatural, to the kingdom of God. They cannot see, they cannot perceive, they cannot understand the things of God. They are foolish unto them. And this is what's happening in the church. Just because you're born again, just because you're born from above and not of this earth, if you do not develop your relationship with God, if you do not go into the word of God and allow the word of God to take root in you, you will accept anything, you will accept everything that's not of God. That's why you need the word of God. The Bible says, we know this well, Romans 12, 2, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Until your mind is renewed according to the word of God, you, then you're not going to be transformed. You're not going to be changed. Transform means to be changed. As long as you conform to the patterns of this world, then that's what you're going to be sensitive to is what the world is doing. If you spend most of your time looking at TV, being on Facebook, you know, listening to the radio or whatever you spend your time doing outside of the word, when things pop up in your life, you're going to be more sensitive to the world's way instead of God's way. This is why, again, Colossians, the book of Colossians, chapter 3, says, set your mind, set your mind. One version says, not only set it, but keep it set on things above and not on things of this earth. He will keep us in perfect peace, who mind is stayed on him, on God. Why? Because we trust God more than we trust man. So when your mind is stayed, stayed on God, guess what? You can have some perfect peace. The enemy does not want us to have perfect peace. This is why he, he allows us, well, I say allow us, but it's what we consider. What he does, he wants us to focus so much on what's going on in our lives because he knows the more we focus on the natural, we cannot receive from the supernatural. Even though God has supplied everything for us, we cannot receive it because our focus is not on things above, but things on this earth. We talked about last week as well, dealing with the flesh. When you set your mind on things of the flesh, then you're going to receive fleshly things. When you set your minds on things of the spirit, you're going to receive from the spirit. A carnally minded person is, is, receives death. But a spiritually minded person receives peace and the life of God. So let's go to that scripture at Romans 8, 5 through 8. It says, I'm reading out the Amplified Version. Romans 8, verse 5 through 8. For those who are according to the flesh and are controlled by his unholy desires, 
set their minds on and pursue those things which gratify the flesh. Did you hear what the word of God says? It says, for those who are according to the flesh are controlled by his unholy desires. They set their minds on and pursue those things which gratify the flesh. But those who are according to the spirit and are controlled by the desires of the spirit set their minds on and seek those things which gratify the Holy Spirit. Now the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death. Death that comprises all the miseries arising from sin, both here and hereafter. But the mind of the Holy, Holy Spirit is life and soul peace, but now and forever. So we got to understand Wherever you set your mind is where your focus is going to be. And that's going to cause your heart to be hardened. And that's what the enemy knows. We want to focus on things above and not on things of this earth. I'm in that same chapter, Romans chapter 8. I'm going to verse 7. Romans chapter 8, verse 7. That is because the mind of the flesh, with its carnal thoughts and purposes, is hostile to God. For it does not submit itself to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. So then those who are living the life of the flesh, catering to the appetite and impulses of their carnal nature, cannot please or satisfy God or be acceptable to him. The enemy knows this. He knows that it's faith that pleases God. God is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. But we got to believe that God is, that God exists. So the enemy wants us to stay more in the natural, the flesh, because that flesh cannot gratify God. And the enemy wants us to, you know, disobey God. But when you know what the word of God is saying, your focus got to be on what God is saying outside of what we see naturally. I also went over 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1 through verse 7, and it was talking about, if I'm not mistaken, it was talking about Apollos and Paul. And what was happening, Paul was telling them that he could not, let me just read it, and I'm going to read it out the Passion Translation. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1 through verse 7. Brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I found it impossible to speak to you as those who are spiritually mature people. Paul was saying he found it impossible to speak to them as spiritually mature people. Do you know in the church today, it's sometimes impossible to speak to born-again people? And I'm going to tell you why. For you are still dominated by the mindset of the flesh. That's why Paul said it was impossible to speak to them as those who are spiritually mature people. He said it was impossible. Why? He said, for you are still dominated by the mindset of the flesh. So when we're trying to bring forth the word, like I'm bringing forth the word now, people that are carnally minded, you already saying something now against what I have said. Why are you saying it? I'm reading it directly out of the Bible. I may be using another translation, but it's breaking it down, making it simple, making it clear 
But some people out there now say, that's crazy. That's not right. That's a carnally minded person. Yes, I called it. It's being carnally minded. When you're carnally minded, you're no spiritually good. This is why Paul made it clear in the scripture. This is why people do not understand and they do not perceive the word of God. It's because their hearts have become hardened. Why have their hearts become hardened? Because their focus is more on what the world is doing, what the world is saying, instead of being focused in the word of God. Then he goes on to say, and because you are immature infants in Christ, I had to nurse you and feed you with milk, not with the solid food of more advantage, advantage teaching, advanced teaching, because you weren't ready for it. In fact, you're still not ready to be fed solid food. So some of us want some solid food. Some of us want to grow up in the word of God, but you still got to be fed with milk. And this is why Paul is saying this. Now listen why he's saying, I cannot give you solid food yet. Just like a baby. When a baby is, is small and they're growing, you have to give them milk. You cannot give them solid food. Why? They will choke. So he said, for you are living your lives dominated by the mindset of the flesh. There's the answer. Paul said, I can't give you solid food. He said, because you're currently minded. He said, ask yourselves. Let's ask ourselves tonight. Is there jealousy among you? Let's ask ourselves. Is there jealousy among us tonight? He said, do, do you compare yourself with others? Do we compare ourselves with others? Yes, we do. Is there jealousy amongst us? Yes, there is. And then he said, do you quarrel like children and end up taking sides? Yes, we do. Then he said, if so, uh-oh, if we got some yeses on all three of those questions, he said, if so, oh, I heard somebody. Somebody said, well, I used to be like that, but I don't do it no more. Okay. He said, if so, this proves that you are living your lives centered on yourselves. Okay. Dominated by the mindset of the flesh and behaving like unbelievers. That is how unbelievers behave. They behave with jealousy. They quarrel amongst, amongst themselves. They compare themselves amongst themselves. And the Bible says, that's not wise. He said, for when you divide yourself up in groups, a Paul group and an Apollos group, we have groups in the church. When we have groups in the church, we are fleshly, we are carnally minded, our hearts are hardened, and we become insensitive to the things of God. He said, you're acting like people without the spirit influence. Then he goes on to verse 5 and says, who is Apollos really? Or who is Paul? Aren't we both just servants though whom you believe? Our message, aren't each of us doing the ministry the Lord has assigned to us? I plant the church and Apollos came and cared for it. But it was God who causes it to grow. This means the one who plants is not anybody special, nor the one who waters. For God is the one who brings the supernatural growth. See, God is always first and foremost. It's not about us. It's all about him. When you make it about you, when you make it about someone else, you are carnally minded. You are more sensitive to the things 
of the flesh, of the world, so you become insensitive to God, and your heart become hardened to the things of God, and even though you hear in truth, even right now, it bounces off of you, because the enemy does not want that seed, the word of God, the incorruptible seed, we're born again of incorruptible seed, not corruptible seed, which is the word of God, which endures forever. Now, I went over all that to go over this tonight. This is where we're going to start tonight. The Lord was giving me this verse of scripture again, and you're going to understand why. Go with me to Hebrews, the third chapter, verse 7 through verse 11. Hebrews, the third chapter, verse 7 through verse 11. Listen at what the King James Version is saying. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost say, today if you will hear his voice, I'm speaking, hear his voice, hear what God is saying. Some of y'all may be saying, hear his voice. God is using me as his messenger to speak on his behalf. So is God speaking to you because I'm giving you the word. See how quick the enemy can make you feel as if you don't hear him when he's talking all the while. Then he says, today if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. As in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works for 40 years. Look how they saw the works of God for 40 years. But they tempted God, they tested God, they proved God. Why? Because their hearts was hardened. Their hearts was more sensitive to Egypt than they were to God, to what God was saying. Verse 10, wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they should not enter my rest. The enemy know if our mind and our focus on things of this earth, then it's going to turn our hearts away from God. Meaning that our heart, our mind is going to be set on things of this earth more than things that's in heaven in the kingdom of God. So he knows if he can do that, guess what's happening? We're actually dying spiritually. We're actually not being nourished the way that we need to be nourished from the word of God. He is divine. We are the branches. Our nourishment comes from the vine. Without the vine, we are nothing, according to John, the 15th chapter. So as long as you think you know better than God, your heart is hardened. When you begin to think that you um, know what to do outside of what God said, guess where we're going into? I'm getting here tonight. Rebellion. When you do not obey what God is saying, you are in rebellion and rebellion comes through a hardened heart. A hardened heart, again, is a heart that's insensitive, is callous, is cold. It begins to become rebellious, meaning that even though God is speaking, and I'll give you an example. If you're in ministry and someone that's in authority asks you to do something and you in your heart is saying, you know, with your lips, I'll say, coming out of your mouth, okay, but your heart is far from what you're saying. That means you're telling them you're going to do it, but in your heart, you really don't want to do it. That's because your heart is hard. That's because you're bucking against authority. There's a lot of people in ministry, and I'm speaking to you tonight. 
You say yes out of your lips, but your heart is far from what you're told to do. Why? Or what you're asked to do. Because some people get offended. You can't tell me nothing. Who are you to tell me anything? I'm just giving you the word of God. It's up to you to accept it or not to accept it. A rebellious person will say yes, but in their heart is no. That is not acceptable with God. You might as well not do it at all. But these people, they, their heart was hardened because when God told them what to do, they didn't do it. So they couldn't enter into God's rest. The enemy does not want us to enter into the rest of God. The rest of God is the promises of God. When God makes a promise to us outside of us, thank God for Jesus, God is not going to void his promise. Because everything that God speaks, the word of God that comes out of his mouth, it's not going to return to him void. It's not going to return to him empty. But it's going to go out and accomplish that which he pleased. And it's going to prosper in the thing that he sent it to do. So we got to understand that his word is forever settled in heaven. So outside of you, his word still stands. But we cannot get what God has promised because of the hardened heart. Because we won't open our heart to God because we become rebellious. When you are rebellious, you buck against authority. You want to do it your way. You think you know better than God. And some people say, I don't come against God, but if you come against God's servant or if you come against the one that God has put in position, you are coming against God. Okay? Some people say, well, it's just that I don't understand what they're doing and why they're doing it. It's not for you to understand it. It's for you to do it and be obedient to God and say, God, I don't understand why they're asking me to do this. But God, because they're coming up under you, I'm going to be obedient unto you. And in all my getting, I'm going to get understanding. Wisdom is the principal thing. But in all your getting, get understanding. You may not see what they're seeing at the time. That's because you're seeing naturally. You're not seeing spiritual. Spiritually, And that's what the enemy is doing. He's trying to get you to see the way he sees instead of looking at what the word of God is telling you. You need illumination. You need some revelation. That's why you got to spend time in the word of God. So we're dealing with rebellion on tonight. That means you bucket against authority. If you bucking against the authority, God have you up under you bucking against God. This is in the church. You got people saying yes, but in their heart it is no. We need to quit it. We need to stop telling people, I'm going to do this, but your heart is far from what you're saying you're going to do. And when your heart is far from it, you will not, God is not going to anoint that. It's not going to be the way God would have for it to be. 1 Samuel 15, 21 through 23. I'm going to give you an example. This is a scripture I believe all of us is familiar with. 1 Samuel 15, 21 through 23. But the people took up the spoil, sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gigal. Listen at this. God had told um, Saul, which was the king, he told him he wanted him to literally destroy everything, the Amalekites. Okay, he didn't do what God told him to do. So in verse 22 of 1 Samuel 15, 22, and Samuel said, 
hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in, as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Let me read it again. And Samuel said, hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. Verse 23, for rebellion is a sin of witchcraft. When your heart becomes hardened, you begin to rebel against God because you're not sensitive to the things of God. You're more sensitive to the things of the world. It says, for rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is, in, is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected thee from being king. So what the enemy want us to do, he want us to rebel against who God put in authority. And when you rebel against who God put in authority, you need to check your heart. Because if your heart is sensitive towards God, you're not going to rebel against who he put in authority. You're going to do what God tells you to do. Saul was in charge. He was the leader. And he thought he was doing something great for God. But God said, you were rejecting my word, so I'm going to reject you as being king. So this is what we have to watch for with the hardened heart. A hardened heart person will rebel. The next scripture, 2 Chronicles 12, verse 11. 2 Chronicles 12, verse 11. We're talking about Rehoboam. Well, not verse 11, I'm sorry. 2 Chronicles 12, verse 1. I want you to check this verse out. Listen at this in verse 1. After Rehoboam, kingdom was set up, secure, established, and he became strong, he and the people of Judah stopped obeying, abandoned, forsook the teachings, the instructions, the laws of the Lord. Did you catch that? After the kingdom was set up, that's when he started to disobey God. Some of us, when things look like it's great in our lives, when things look like it's going well, we act as if we don't know God. We act as if we don't need God. Because the word of God is saying here, he stopped obeying, abandoned, forsook the teachings, instructions, the laws of the Lord. Some of us feel as if, okay, I'm in good health. You know, I went to the doctor, everything checked out. My bills is being paid. I got money in the bank. My children are not rebelling. You know, I'm doing good on my job. I just got a promotion. I don't need to go into the word of God. I don't need to take heed to what the word of God is saying. Obviously, the word is working in my life because look how everything in my life look like it's okay. That's when the enemy is setting you up with a hardened heart. He's setting you up in pride. He's setting you up making it about you because everything around you look good and it feel good and it tastes good. You're already in your senses. Because just because everything look good don't mean it's good because the enemy is setting you up for a fall. This is why you cannot make money your God. You cannot make your children your God. You cannot make your body your God, your appearance. You cannot do that. God is L.L. Young. He's the most high God. And when we put him over everything else, no matter how well things are going, 
We're going to give him glory in good times and in bad times. And that's when you know your heart is more sensitive towards God. So Rehoboam thought everything is good. Everything is well. I don't have to look to God. I don't have to, you know, obey God. But in verse 14 of that same chapter, 2 Chronicles 12, 14, listen to what happened. Expanded Bible. Rehoboam did evil because he did not obey, did not want to obey, said, commit his heart to seek the Lord. Look how evil come in with Rehoboam. Because he thought that he was so set up in that kingdom that he didn't need to seek the Lord no more. Are you so set up in things in your life where everything is going well with you? That you feel like, I don't need to seek the Lord. I don't need to get up early no more. I don't need to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things to be added unto me. I'm well off now. I don't need to do the things that I used to do. I don't need to pray no more like I used to pray. And for one thing, I want you to know that your good works is not going to get you into heaven. So if you pray seven hours a day, don't just pray to get something to happen. You're praying because you know what God has already done. So don't use that to say, I'm where I need to be either. Because you got a lot of people praying, but their prayers is just hitting the ceiling. It's not going up to heaven as a sweet aroma. So we need to be careful even with that. Whatever we do, we're doing it out of the heart of God, out of the love of God. We're doing it not to get something from God. We're doing it because we know he loved us, and that's why we can love him. We're doing it because we appreciate what he has already done. We're doing it because we know that Jesus laid down his life for us. He was the final sacrifice. This is why we go before the Father, not to get something because we already got it. We go before him because we are so thankful for what he has done on our behalf. But you can be in rebellion and don't even know it. Because a rebellious person becomes stubborn, becomes stuck, becomes set in their ways. Why? Because they say, you don't tell me, I already know. Because they feel like they know more of the word of God than what you know. A person that know one scripture, and that scripture is lived according to what God is saying, is better off than a person who know the whole Bible. You can know the whole Bible and your life is not reflecting what the word of God is saying. It's not doing you no good. God don't want head knowledge no more. He want heart knowledge. That's why we're teaching on the heart. The enemy does not want the word of God to get in your heart because he know when the word gets in your heart, it's going to begin to come out of your mouth, the life of God, and it's going to dominate. It's going to be like a fire that devours everything that's going on around us. He don't want that. So this is why. He wants your heart to stay hard. He wants us to be confused. But God is not about confusion. He is about peace. So on tonight, right now, in the name of Jesus, I come against rebellion. I come against stubbornness. I come against pride right now in Jesus' name. And I lose the love of God amongst us in Jesus' name. I lose obedience to his word in Jesus' name. And God, I thank you that those that are hearing this teaching on tonight, God, they're coming before you and say, God, is my heart hardened? God, in what areas of my heart's hardened? Have I begun to rebel against you? 
The enemy know when we open the door to evil, that evil is in our house and is blocking what God want to do in us and through us. God has already done everything that he's going to do. Church, it's time for us to rise up. And it's time for us to ask the Holy Spirit, search me, examine me, see if there's in any evil way in me. Because once you open the door to evil, you invite all kinds of things in your house. And, and Satan is not going to allow those things to pop up at one time. It's going to be little by little until you have a big barn fire. Because the bigger the fire is, the more time it takes to put it out. This is why we need to be before God every day and say, God, search my heart. Search me, O oh Lord. Examine me, O oh Lord. Let's take our mind off of everybody else, what they should have, could have, or would have done. Live your life according to the word of God. Let people see God's glory being revealed in your life. So ask God on tonight. Have my heart become so callous, so hardened, so insensitive that I'm thinking that I'm knowing what God is saying, but I have no understanding? Have I been reasoning? Have I been pondering? Have I been considering the things of the world more than I have been the things of God? Whatever you set your mind to, whatever you think about in your heart is what you will become. Scripture have proven that tonight. So do not let the enemy take this seed. Don't let him take the word of God from you. Allow that word to get into your heart. And as it get into your heart, my son, God is saying, pay attention to my word. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life unto all those that find them. And they are health to all flesh. The enemy knows that. That's why he just does not want the word of God in your heart. So I pray that this teaching through Clem on tonight has transformed, has changed your life. I don't know about you, but it's changing mine on a daily basis. Because as I get into the word and the word gets into me, I realize, Lord, I've been paying more attention to this. Instead of paying more attention to your word. God told me the other morning, I'm bigger. And God is bigger. He's bigger than anything that we can imagine. God is bigger and he's greater. And greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Church, let's rise up, up in such a time as this. Let's stand together according to the word of God. And let's take that stand to say, God, your word stands. And we're going to stand on your word because... The Bible tells us that all of his promises is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Thank you for tuning in tonight and know that we here at Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry love you with the love of God and until next time, to God be the glory. Amen.